As you know, the On Farm podcast is brought to you by the team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. And I just wanted to remind you about a new initiative that's happening here called On Record. On Record is a project to preserve voices, stories and memories for the future with your very own audio recording. So we're recording memories of rural life. We're travelling around Scotland, working with families and organisations to capture precious voices of family members or staff members or long-serving office bearers to preserve those for posterity and sometimes for historical value. So if you think this project is something that you'd like to be involved in and maybe you have a grandparent or a parent that you'd like to capture on audio while you can, please do get in touch. You can find out more at onrecordmemories.co.uk. Welcome back to the On Farm podcast. This is Monty. Thank you as always for being with us. This time we're heading to the Highlands for our latest partnership with agritourism specialists Go Rural Scotland. We've got together with Go Rural to showcase farm days out and visitor experiences near to some of Scotland's biggest cities. This time we get a chance to go rural from Inverness. We've got a recipe that we've been using for decades. Yeah, we've managed to pick up one or two awards for it on the way. So we've come down to see the pigs. These ladies are looking rather portly. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're late in pig now, which means they're beginning having little piglets probably within the next week. Quite often when I'm going past, I can see people sitting out here with a book or just a coffee and just having a bit of quiet time, a bit of relax. Everyone loves sitting in the hot tub. I was down earlier this morning, I saw someone having their, their morning coffee in the hot tub. Even on a kind of coldish day, you're warm in the hot tub, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter what the weather's like. As you'll know by now, Go Rural's aim is to showcase and spotlight brilliant farm-based visitor experiences and to get thousands more people out of Scotland's towns and cities to visit Scottish farms and crofts. For this episode, we've brought in radio producer Emily Ason to take us on a whistle-stop tour of four more farm locations. There's not really much more for me to say at this stage, so I'll leave you in Emily's capable hands from here. I'm a big fan of finding all these little quirky, unusual businesses who are doing something just that little bit different to what you might expect. The car is packed, got my bags, and I've got a flask of tea ready to go too. Hi, Jock. Yes. Emily, how are you? nice to meet you. Nice how are you doing? You're keeping well. Oh, Lil, well. Get down. Who is this? This is Lil and uh-huh. this is Shinty. So Lil's a new arrival. She's pretty excited, but she's a really useful dog, so what it makes her life a lot welcome. easier. <laughs> so my name's Jock Gibson and we're at Edinvale Farm just outside Dallas in Sunny Murray. And it is glorious today. We've got a little bit of cloud cover, but it's coming and going. And the view that way across the valley to the wind farms, I mean, you must feel like you are in a little slice of Eden yourself. Yeah, we're really lucky to be here. I mean, we've got some fantastic views. We've got a great farm. Yeah, and we're, it's a beautiful part of the world. 
Absolutely. Now, I'm intrigued by this lovely green shed <laughs> down at the bottom of the driveway here. Shall we go and have a look? Yeah, absolutely. So this is our, our little honesty shed that was set up on the back of COVID. The start of COVID during lockdown and um, everybody in the village was doing their bit to, to provide stuff for, for the village. So people were getting bread, other people were getting vegetables and we were getting in milk and delivering that round to people who were worried about leaving their houses and what have you. My wife Fiona always wanted a bake box at the end of the road so we eventually combined the two things and um, the, the wee shed shop was born. I love your um, decor here with all of the fairy lights as well. This is so inviting. It's this quite is cosy. It is well stocked, it's well stocked. So tell me just a little bit about what we have on offer here. It, it looks like you could stock your entire kitchen. So that is basically the idea, is that there might not be everything that you want, but if you haven't got anything in your fridges at home or in your cupboards at home, you'll be able to come here and at least get something to make a meal. So we've got bread from an award-winning baker's through an Inverness. Milk comes from Black Isle Dairy. And then of course we've got our own meats from the farm here. And most importantly, Fiona's wonderful baking. Um, looking at the, the baking, we've got Tiffin's, Mars Krispies, coconut and lime slice, always a favorite, brownies, but then also like other products, like um, obviously you've got some eggs, honey, jams and marmalades. I mean, you do have everything. So the, the premise is, is that everything comes as locally as possible. And there's a road that, basically a road around Dallas, and most of the products will come from there or, or nearby. So we've got people making soaps locally. We've got a honey maker. Yeah, honey maker, I suppose, for want of a better word, bees make the honey, but um, Yogi um, makes the honey and she's actually got some hives on the farm here. So it's- Sorry, it's, sorry. I've just noticed what this honey's called. <laughs> Yogi Bear's honey. Yeah. That's just brilliant. <laughs> so it is, it's great. So she's a wonderful lady and we're really lucky to have her and her bees supplying the, supplying the shop. So you mentioned the beef that you have on the farm here. Tell me a little bit about that because I hear it's rather special and possibly slightly pampered. Well, we, we like to think so. So when my our parents brought the farm in the mid-70s, they had pedigree highland cattle, and that was the, the mainstay of the farm. Since then, we've introduced other breeds like Shorthorn and Aberdeen Angus. We now have, uh, we've settled down to Highland Cross Shorthorns. They're 100% grass and forage fed, so we're certified by Pasture for Life for that. So no other inputs apart from what we the green stuff that we grow out of the ground. And I was reading online that you say that they're naturally reared. Yeah. So for, for someone like me, who doesn't really understand what that means, how, how do you um, explain that to your customers? Yeah, so, and I, and I guess we can bandy words around that don't always mean things. But um, for us, what, what we're doing is we're letting them roam outside. So you can see over in the um, distance there, we've got cows and calves um, in a paddock we let them just roam. I mean, yes, we move them into different paddocks. We're not putting a whole heap of artificial inputs into them. And we're trying to keep um, meds to a minimum as well. So, you know, what we're, we're trying to produce a product that is, hasn't been tampered with, for want of a better word. So, because we think that's what the, the consumer is looking for. 
So the butcher shop then, if I'm coming in as, you know, someone who's looking to buy some bits and pieces, maybe I'm not altogether sure about either what I'm looking for or what I should be cooking or how I should be cooking a piece. Are you and your staff able to kind of give me some hints and tips on on what I should be doing as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you've got an idea of what you want to do, the butchers in there will um, give you the bit that's ideally suited for that. And we can tailor that to budgets, to what people are really wanting to do, whether it's a wow factor or whether it's, you know, more run of the mill. It's important that people come in, get what they want, and have a great eating experience at the end of it. So, yeah, we, we try and help as much as we possibly can. You need to tell me about your haggis and black pudding, which I hear is something quite special. Well, again, we like to think so. So we have, for both products, we've got a recipe that we've been using for decades. And yeah, we tweak it a wee bit every now and again. But um, yeah, we've managed to pick up one or two awards for it on the way. And it's extremely popular with hotels, restaurants and private individuals alike. So yeah. um. I feel like you're being maybe a little bit reserved about the awards (laughs) that this has won. Come on, this this is your time to brag. What has this? haggis and black pudding won? So it has won some great taste awards in the past. I try to think what more, more recently, I think it won a food service award somewhere along the lines as well. So yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's nice to pick up little accolades like that along the way. <laughs> and uh, what's your favourite way to cook the haggis and the black pudding? Black pudding I would have as part of a breakfast every single time, um, especially with some really nice bacon, pork sausages, um, hash browns. Can't forget the hash browns. Though. Haggis, um, again, like it really traditionally, haggis, neeps and tatties. So, um, you know, freshly caught um, feral haggis. It's, can't beat it. <laughs> And if people want to come and visit your little pop-up shed here, when and, and, and where can they find it? So it's open seven days a week, between loosely between nine and seven. It normally opens on time, but it closes at any sort of time. And um, yeah, we're just outside of Dallas on the way to Pluskinen. And remind me, do I need to have some cash on me for this shop? We take cash or we can do bank transfer, PayPal. Um, we've got many different ways of relieving you of your cash. <laughs> no excuses then. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm going to have to go. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and, and, and stock up, I reckon. Thank you so much for showing me around. Thank you for coming. It's been great to see you. After hearing about Jock and his award-winning haggis and black pudding, I'm off to find another farm that's got a foodie offering for us now, where I hear they make small batch charcuterie on the farm. I love a bit of charcuterie, some cheese and some wine to go alongside it, all the better, so I can't wait to meet Caroline and find out all about it. All right, I've just turned on to a dirt track. The views are absolutely incredible. Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, Emily. Nice to meet you. And you? Hi, hi, hi. Sorry, not got enough hands. <laughs> Lovely to meet you, Paul. Yeah, Lovely to meet you. So we are Caroline and Alec Matheson, and we're at Bogrove Farm, about an hour north of Inverness, uh, five miles from Tain. And we're a small livestock farm, uh, about 38 hectares, and we keep cows, sheep, pigs, 
and make charcuterie out of it. I love how you say this just oh so casually. We, we happen to make charcuterie. Now, we are in here a room that I don't imagine many farms have. So tell me a little bit about this space. We started off with a small deer larder, butchering our own uh, meat for, for customers. And we got the idea of, of um, preserving meat, curing meat, because we, we, we do love it ourselves. We thought, well, maybe we could have a shot of, uh, of giving it a go. So we started making it on our own, a small scale for ourselves, and we quite, quite liked it. And then we looked into maybe um, making that part of our business. So um, we sort of researched it a little bit, and then we went got some uh, managed to get some leader funding. So we got some plans together, and eventually we got this place here, which is yeah, we're really proud of it. It's what is it? Is it Fifteen meters by six meters, fifteen by six. Multiple rooms in here. We've got a chiller, our main working area here, where we do all the, the cutting up and butchery. We've got an aging room there where all the um, stuff gets finished and a packing room that does the final packaging before it goes out, out for sale. And we also made this area as big as we could so eventually we hoped to do some courses so people could come and learn how to make sausages or cut up a lamb or make salami, things like that. I imagine this was quite a learning curve for you both on how to yeah, start, yeah, start your own charcuterie. It's quite a journey. Yeah. YouTube's very helpful and Google... We've been on a couple of short courses ourselves as well, just to see how other people do it. And you've made your own little slice of Spain in the Highlands with charcuterie yeah, here. Exactly. So I'm, in, I'm intrigued by what else is here. Can you show me around? Yes. So over here we have the curing cabinet. So our salamis come in here first. They spend about a week in here where they go through the fermentation. So essentially we're looking for the pH to drop and it helps to make it safe to eat and it helps develop the flavour as well. So once they've been in here for a week, we move them into the ageing room. Oh my goodness, so what do we have these, here? So all of these salamis here, we've, this is a Milano salami, it's beef and pork, so our own Ling beef and our Gloucester Old Spot pork. So they've had their time in the cabinet and now they're in here for probably about six weeks. And what we're looking for is them to lose weight. So the moisture evaporates out of them, the flavour develops, and it dries out enough to be safe to eat. The smell in here is incredible. It's very peppery, actually. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. And what, what, else have you, um, what else have you got? Because there's all sorts of colours and shapes and, and sizes of things hanging around okay, here. So, well, first of all, we've got these little guys here. This is Nduya, which is a soft, spreadable salami. It's got loads of paprika in it and quite a lot of fat, and that's why it's nice and soft. Fantastic on pizza or in a chili um, with a tomato sauce with fish, that kind of thing. Um, over here we have, this is a copper. Now that's the neck muscle of a pig. So we take the whole muscle, we cure it in salt and spices for about three weeks. Then we rinse it off wrap it in a collagen casing and hang it up to dry and these guys take three to six months depending on the size before they're ready to eat and when they're ready we'll peel all this off and then slice it really thinly above them we have culatellos or what we're also calling rocher air-dried ham now because we decided that's more appropriate since it is from rocher but this is a, a leg 
pork leg that's boned, boned out, and then we roll it up, tie it up, and cure it just like the copper with the salt and everything, and then hang them up to dry. And they're, they're at least six months, those ones, because they're quite large. Where can people find all of this actually by? So you can buy it from us here on the farm. We've just recently made a, a wee shop. While there's no stalking because of the seasons, I've stolen Alex's uh, deer larder and turned it into a wee shop. So by arrangement, people can come up and pick up a few bits. We also do our local community markets. So there's one in Tain and one in Dornoch. And we sell to quite a few farm shops. So there's one in Dornoch, Dalmore Farm Shop near Allness, Farm Ness uh, near Inverness, Druid Temple Farm in Inverness. What's people's reaction when they hear that you're making this here on site, just on the on the doorstep of Tain and, and Inverness? Um, they're quite surprised. Like yourself, when you come through the door, it is quite an impressive um, building. When you come into a sort of, you know, surrounded by a generally a working farm, and you come into this fairly sort of clinical kind of uh, facility, which it kind of has to be. In this room here, we're just basically replicating the traditional kind of cave type thing in northern Spain or France, whatever, you know, but we don't have caves here, so we have to make our own. (laughs) The meat comes from the farm itself, so obviously that gives you a lot of control over what you're you're using, but then I guess kind of the sky's your limit in terms of how you then go about using that product. Yeah, so we started off with some basic flavours, you know, looked at recipe books and things, so there was fennel and red wine and pepper and garlic. But the fun part is just trying new things. Um, so we've got one that we quite like. It's a porcini and gin salami that we make in little snack sticks. They're really popular. I don't want to stay in here too long because we'll probably be letting all the warm air in while well, this is beautifully curing. Cur- uh, um, this is cheeky, but is there anything that I could try while I'm here of the, nope. of the produce? <laughs> <laughs> you break my heart. <laughs> Oh yes, let's do that. Let's have a look. Right, so this is the deer larder, also now the shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, and here it is. Brilliant. So you have like a charcuterie selection, which is just a little a, a taste of a couple of different pieces, yeah. I guess. So I was thinking we could open one of those for you to try, if you like. <gasps> oh, thank you very much. There you go. Can you? Oh, there we are. Thank you. So that. Ooh. It is, pretty sure. That, yes, that's copper. So the first whole muscle one we looked at, uh-huh. the small one, that, this is the neck muscle. So that's our, like, our kind of plain copper. It's not got any strong spices or anything around the outside. Just a little bit of black pepper and bay and juniper when it's been cured. It tastes almost slightly, very slight smoke to it coming through. I think a little bit of the pepper and it, it just dissolves. That is so, so lovely. Oh my goodness. I don't know how you eat anything else. (laughs) I do eat quite a lot of this because when I'm slicing, obviously you've got to check each batch to make sure it tastes good. Of course. And then there's the bits that break and then there's the... The end bits. When people come and visit, can they have a look at the um, animals here as well on the farm? Yes. um, At the moment, we we just do the odd sort of tour on request. But that is another thing that we're planning. Um, We've been working with... a. Scottish agritourism to uh, start doing tours so the thoughts are we need to get maybe another wee building to host people in um, 
the idea would be that we would take folk on a wee walking tour around the farm, visit the pigs and the cows, and um, we can you know talk about how we raise them, and they can come into the butchery and see how we prepare the salamis, and then pop into the shop and do a wee tasting. So we've come down to see the pigs. These ladies are looking rather portly right now, but with reason. <laughs> yeah, well, they're they're late in pig now, which means they're begin having little piglets probably within the next week. Their their bellies have really dropped now. They're almost on the ground, um, and you can see they're developing their milk um, now. So yeah, <laughs> and they're they're very chilled because they're wanting belly scratches. Oh well, yeah, the, you know from from the outset, you know when when we decide to keep uh, a, a gilt or a young sow, we do spend a lot more time with them just to get them used to us. It's very easy to get a pig to to like you, you know, um, if you're good to good to them, you know, they, they like interaction, they love getting scratched and just rubbed up against you and anything else that's fixed like that was gonna wreck my plastics and my bikes <laughs> but, uh, yeah so i um gloucester all spot pigs there's an old endangered uh, breed this must be a, a, a great facet to have kind of in your back pocket for when you start thinking about doing tours because who doesn't love pigs and piglets exactly and hopefully part of the tour will be coming to have a wee scratch with a pig and see if you can tip them over with a with a belly rub as we, as we just did with this one here she went over well thank you so much for taking me down here and and showing me showing me more of, of the process and what goes on and I never thought I'd say this but if I was a pig this is where I'd want to be <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's a good life so if people are wanting to come and see this beautiful location for themselves and buy from the shop here, uh, do they need to get in touch with you beforehand? Yes, at the moment we would appreciate that if you just send us a message um, via Facebook or Instagram or text us, email us and we can make sure that we're going to be here just in case we're not. <laughs> and then eventually once we get a more permanent shop we'll be able to have set opening hours and, and things like that. Oh, well, I will be one of your first customers oh. when you do, I can guarantee you. <laughs> In half a mile, turn left. Before I reach the next stop on today's tour, I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about the Go Rural Scotland community and how they're welcoming visitors to farms and crofts across Scotland. All of the farms we're visiting today are part of that community and we're showcasing a handful of farming businesses that you can easily reach for a family day out from Inverness but you can find many more businesses like these all across Scotland at goruralscotland.com. There's a real wealth of experiences to be had and beautiful places to explore all on real working farms and all within easy reach of Scotland's urban centres. For a family day out or an escape from city life, great places to visit and buy food and drink direct from a farmer or to enjoy an overnight stay or two. Just check out GoRuralScotland.com for ideas and inspiration to help you go rural. From brilliant views of the hills, I've come 20 minutes uh, east towards Tain and uh, I've rocked up at Fern Farm, which is my third stop for today. 
and there is some gorgeous looking holiday cottages which is I think what I'm here to chat to Fiona all about. I am Fiona Scott and we are in the mill at Fern Farm which is about 40 miles north of Inverness and we are on the Easteros Peninsula. And we're inside this absolutely beautiful building. So this is some of the, um, the holiday accommodation that you have on offer here. Yeah, so this is, um, this is the mill end of the mill at Fern Farm and uh, this end sleeps 10 people. The other end sleeps four and there's a there's adjoining doors so you can you can rent the whole thing and have it opened up as one building um, but there's like double doors in between the two ends with soundproofing so it's all completely separate it does feel like two separate houses as well so yeah it's been on the go for about three years now yeah we're really pleased with it well it's absolutely gorgeous we've come in here to a huge kitchen with a lovely island and I'm just peeking around the corner here to a uh, oh, tremendous living room. This is huge. You could absolutely have a Kaylee in here if you didn't have any of the furniture. <laughs> and gorgeous uh, wood burning stove and a huge um, picnic bench style dining table. But I'll tell you what has caught my eye is out these beautiful picture doors at the end talk about being right in the heart of nature just to, to just describe to me the scene in front of us there's a lamb sunbathing out there having a wee scratch and some ewes you are as close as you could possibly be to sitting and having a cup of coffee with a sheep <laughs> <laughs> that's very true we kept the the farm fencing we did think about putting a hedge in and then someone said, one of our first guests said, oh, just being able to watch the animals running up and down the fence line, they just loved it. It felt you were so close to everything that was going on. So, yeah, it's, it's great. We've got um, just some hogs in here that are finishing off lambing. And we usually try to have, we've got some highland cows, we usually try to have them round about, not too far away. They're characters. They like to come over and have a chat over the fence and uh, Hebridean sheep, which are, they're not sure if they're sheep or if they're goats. They're just real characters. <laughs> they really are a bit mental. It's very windy outside, so we're just going to stay in basking in the sunshine as it comes in here. But there's another huge picnic table outside and a little uh, raised bed, and then it's straight into the, to the fields. It wouldn't be an exaggeration to say that if a highland cow stuck its head over that fence, you could just about reach and, and give it a no stroke. Yeah, you could. I had planted some grasses in in the raised bed and one of the highland cows decided that it quite liked the taste of them and decided to pull them out. <laughs> yeah, they, they're quite cheeky, but very friendly. And so have you found that with your visitors? Obviously, there's a bit of novelty value as that lamb shakily gets to its feet to have a little explore but also being just so close to see how these animals are in their natural environment a lot of people don't normally see that if you're just driving by at 70 miles an hour on the dual carriageway yeah it's it's a lovely thing for the guests to be able to just sit and watch um yeah there's a, a quite a bit of grass outside yeah and kids are playing out there hanging off the fence and yeah 
I think people do really appreciate it. Shall we have an explore through? What, what else can we find here? Yeah. Um, we've tried to use local arts and crafts a bit. We've got these lovely whiskey barrel chairs that are made by a company in Inverness called Darach. And obviously sheepskins from the sky, sky skins on sky, Isle of Sky. And just local art, pottery. We're very lucky. We've got anti-pottery just down the road from us. Yeah, local makers, yeah, done different bits of furniture like the footstools and just nice to nice to use local champion local businesses. So yeah, this is one of the bedrooms. I'm a bit of a fan of blue as well, you might be able to tell. <laughs> if if you so desired, you could be here lying in bed, maybe with a cup of tea in the morning, and once again you've got views straight in to um, some of the sheep grazing field there. Yeah. That must be quite special. Yeah, I suppose for I suppose the things that we take for granted as farmers in agritourism are the things that are really special um, to other people. What's our normal is people's extraordinary. I can see this being a real hit with um, families, especially with young children. Yeah, they do. You can, it's lovely actually hearing them playing outside in the the grass lawn out there they just yeah football and chasing about and mucking about it's yeah it's great although we had a 70th birthday party here a few weeks ago um a surprise and uh, they had a fantastic time and yeah the fire pit outside is a good sociable space we've had some wedding parties that have been had got married locally and then the the wedding party have stayed here afterwards and yeah, we've had some good sing songs going on outside at night round the fire pit. It's been quite entertaining. <laughs> this area here is just quite a good, a good wee sun trap. Quite often, see when I'm going past, I can see people sitting out here with a book or just a coffee and just having a bit of quiet time, a bit of relax. So I'm very lucky. You've kindly agreed to put me up here tonight. I am. Um, so excited to wake up and, <laughs> and be looking out the window at some sheep. I had such a lovely stay here last night. I spent my evening sat in the living room watching all of the sheep and the cows come and go about their business, watching the swallows swoop and dive. There was a red kite that was hovering overhead at one point. I had a book with me and I don't think I read more than one page because I was just so taken in with my surroundings and the fact that you are planted right in the middle of a farmer's field and you get to enjoy what's going on around you. From view of sheep and, and hills, I'm going on to my final stop on my little road trip of places that are just a stone's throw away from Inverness. And I believe that this one has got some pretty spectacular sea views. So we are at Castle Craig Farm um, in Nick. Uh, my name is Les Whiteford. And I'm Stevie Whiteford. And the family have been farming here since 1986, I think we, we bought this farm. It's a mixed livestock and arable farm. We've got about 850 or so acres um, with about 100 suckler cows. 600 ewes and we grow about 250 acres of malt barley. And we're standing on 
what is possibly my... I've decided now. This might be my favourite view of Scotland. Good. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. This is phenomenal. Views for miles, it, it, it feels like. I couldn't get sick of this view. Just no, you don't um, tire of it at all. Des- describe to me kind of what we can see from our vantage point up here. We're standing on the, the south side of Nig Hill, which is, is just next to the Black Isle. So we're overlooking the Murray Firth. We're right opposite Nairn, but we can see there must be 40 miles of the Murray coast. Um, we're looking far to the right as we're looking south. We can see across to just the, the sort of eastern end of Inverness. We've got Nairn right along to a big long beach right the way along to Lossiemouth. And then we can just see through into, I suppose, the on a very clear day we're just about seeing it but through to the top of Aberdeenshire I mean just incredible and you're being very generous because it's not just you who's getting to enjoy these views (laughs) either because we're standing in front of which looks like some pretty incredible space age huts tell me about these (laughs) well yeah I think because of the view we um, moved here about three years ago, joined the family farm, and because of the view, we thought we need to take advantage of this and yeah, share it, share it with other people. So we decided to put some self-catering accommodation up. So they're kind of they're an in-between. They're not a pod and they're not like a house lodge. They're more kind of cabins. That's what we've gone with cabins, and we've kind of tried to take advantage of the lovely view of having big, large glass front entrances. So you can sit and. Watch, watch what's going on outside. Um, and we opened up in July last year and it's been non-stop ever since. I can imagine because the views itself would, would sell this place, but the cabins look incredibly luxurious. And I've just spied, do they each have a hot tub at the yes, front as well? they all have their own private hot tub. It's just definitely a great advantage that everyone loves sitting in the hot tub. I was down earlier this morning, I saw someone having their, their morning coffee in the hot tub. I think there was cruise liners that come in, so there was a cruise liner that passed this morning. So I think they were probably just enjoying sitting in the hot tub. Even on a kind of coldish day, you're warm in the hot tub, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter what the weather's like. It's lovely. Yeah, there's always <laughs> something happening out just below, out in the sea. So we, we would spend a lot of time here after we arrive. We, down in this well as just a field at that point and we'd be you know glued to the fence watching dolphins or watching whatever's coming in and out of the Cromarty Firth so we knew we had to do something here but took a bit of time to work out exactly what and that's why we've kind of we're hunkered on the side of a cliff it it is quite a sheltered bit so that's why we've gone for these particular design of of cabins as we call them yeah yeah so we are kind of uh, the setup that you have here is built almost into the the cliff face it's really quite a steep drive coming down and you've got four cabins which you can just see the other ones from each other but they are very secluded and very sheltered it's not like they're they're butt up against one another was that quite that's quite a lot of the yeah it's quite a lot of the sort of feedback that we get that it's lovely that you've got your own private area there are other cabins round about but you don't feel like you're overlooked or anything and each beside each of the hot tubs you've got like a privacy screen that you can pull pull along as well so yeah you can be completely kind of private and and it's, it's actually now we're sort of getting towards a year in it's it's getting a bit more settled in in terms of the landscaping because we've got a fair bit of time and effort and thinking of that through and we're sort of leaving the bankings fairly wild and we'll let vegetation come up just to give that a bit more privacy but you're, you're caught between giving enough space and making sure you're not 
you know you're taking advantage of the views so it took a bit of took a bit of thought but we're there's a bit of a happy medium i think yeah yeah we've been standing outside this cabin can we can we have a peek inside yes we definitely can Yeah, this is one of the two bedrooms. We've got two two two-bedroom cabins and two one-bedroom cabins just to kind of allow flexibility for families or couples to come. Um, so there's a twin bedroom, king-size bedroom, and then a nice kind of living area, kitchen area to take advantage of a nice view and a bathroom with a shower. So you've got everything you need. It's compact, but we've tried to think of everything and trying to give it that kind of luxury, luxury feel as well. Well, absolutely is. I'm loving the little L-shaped sofa, kind of perfect snuggling spot there for looking out over onto yeah, and, and yeah. catching your dolphins. And the decor is very chic, kind of Scott Scandi kind of yeah, style. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, just nice and fresh and bright, but then adding some colour and kind of trying to stick with kind of a bit of a country kind of farmishy feel but luxury and bringing kind of some blues and stuff into it with the sea, seaside kind of theme as well. I definitely wanted to make sure that it wasn't kind of like a glamping pod. You've got your proper kitchen there. So we've even got a dishwasher because I'm like, you're on holiday. You don't necessarily want to do lots of dishes. So yeah, we've got got the dishwasher. That was quite an important factor. And a combination microwave oven, again, for space, I couldn't have an oven and a microwave. So it's a combination which works well. We've got an espresso coffee pod machine um, with compostable pods, pods, yeah, to be eco-friendly. And storage, you can see that we've kind of just used shelves and stuff to kind of get all the storage in. Um, But it kind of adds a bit of kind of interest to the kitchen as well, having having everything kind of out and about. You can just, you can chill out, you can relax, you can watch the view, sit in the hot tub. Got decking just right outside where the hot tub is as well, so the hot tub's nice and close. And then... We have gone for, you know, we do have Wi-Fi and smart TVs. So although you can, you know, you can shut off from everything, you've still got those luxuries and necessities if you wish them. Some people might want to switch off from all of that, which you can do as well, but it's their their choice. And you mentioned as well that it's dog friendly too. Yes. So they're all dog friendly, which I think people love. People love bringing their, their dogs with them. So we're open to um, sort of two, two dogs, we'd say, depending on this or really big dogs but they can have two dogs but we just say you've got to kind of be careful it is a working farm so if they're out and about they need to be on a lead and we leave little doggy treats and poo bags so they keep <laughs> keep the grass area all nice and clean <laughs> and in terms of what else is around here I mean I don't think I'd want to move from the hot tub when I was here I um, but I'm guessing that you're in a brilliant place for exploring the you know local surroundings and getting out and about and walks and things yeah the East Ross Peninsula there's loads to kind of see around here so even just on the farm you can just see in the distance there we've got World War One and World War Two gun emplacements there are th- there's two from World War One further along sort of right on the the very point of the North Suter looking over to Cromtree and the Black Isle and then closer to here there's another two World War Two ones which are pretty spectacular they're basically they had you know the big guns you see on the top front of navy ships they basically put those in there I don't think they were ever used in anger but they're they were there as a deterrent and we get loads of visitors coming to that anyway there's a core path that comes through it so lots of the visitors that come here to the cabins enjoy sort of clambering over there so that is a, a bit of an attraction there's there's a beach just at the bottom of the farm road which is great a lot of people do water sports from there i mean we do get people to just sit here and don't move for a week but you <laughs> most people want to 
you know, at least want to go and have a, a walk around. They can walk Everyone anywhere. Everyone does a bit different. So yeah. some people will just chill out here and yeah, maybe walk around the farm. Other people will go over to Sky for the day. A lot of people will actually go up to John O'Groats because they, they've come from down south of England and they're like, if we've come, the if we've come yeah. this far, we're going to go all the way to yeah. the north. And I'm like, I've never even been there. So well done, you guys. So yeah, everyone does a lot of a lot of different things, maybe touching on the you know, North Coast 500 or just staying on the East Ross Peninsula. We're lucky at the moment because the ferry is running from Nig over to Cromarty and it's a lovely, lovely day trip. You feel, even when we go, we feel like we're on a wee holiday. Um, so we always encourage so people yeah, to do that. Just down the, the yeah, back farm road. Where that beaches. Lots of beaches nearby. We're spoilt, spoilt for beaches. And so there you have it. Four very different farms, all a stone's throw away from Inverness. Perfect for a day out, each offering something very, very different. I've loved every minute of finding out about these farms tasting the food, seeing the views, meeting the animals and meeting the fantastic people who are doing brilliant things with their farms and bringing in tourists to see what goes on behind the fence. And I think it's fair to say that I will definitely be coming back to them all. Massive thanks to Emily Ayson for being a reporter for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed the Go Rural series where we've used different voices to present and report on our behalf. I think it probably gives you a nice different flavour sometimes. The four farm businesses that Emily spent time with, and who it sounds like she'll be returning to very soon, are Castle Craig Farm, Fern Farm, Ballgrove Farm and Edenvale Farm. Jock and Fiona Gibson at Edenvale also have Macbeth's Butchers and Forries. They're all first-rate Scottish farm businesses. We are pleased to be able to shine a light on them here on the On Farm podcast. Speaking of first-rate businesses, this is the latest in our series in partnership with Go Rural Scotland. And as you've heard, Go Rural are consumer-facing farmers working to build relationships between rural and urban Scotland, and to build a better understanding of how food and drink from Scottish farms is produced to the highest welfare and environmental standards. You can find them online at goruralscotland.com. And that website has more details of all the farms showcased in today's episode. I'm just going to leave you now with our usual reminder. The On Farm podcast is made by our team at Seen and Heard PR and Marketing. You can give us a shout. You can reach out to us on social media. Get in touch if you need a podcast or help with any rural food or farming PR and comms. With that, that's it from me and bye for now.